The following is a hoop ball presentation. Welcome to the Fantasy NBA Today podcast. Gird your loins, ladies and germs. It's playoff week two. Here on Fantasy NBA Today, April the 26th, we rumble along. Those of us who survived, congratulations. Those who were knocked out, it's been a sweet run. You're probably not listening to the podcast anymore, but you should be, damn it. We do this show all through the offseason, too. I'll tell you right now, the second that the regular season ends, the podcast transitions into prep immediately. We're going to be doing some gambling chatter on the playoffs because we all want to make a little bit of money. Right? We'll make a little money on the playoffs. The real playoffs, not the fantasy playoffs. But I also love to go through and pull out our lessons learned from a season gone by. A particularly weird season, mind you. Pandemic year. There'll be some lessons from this year that we may or may not actually be able to apply to future seasons. I like to go through each team. We do it sort of two or three teams at a time. I like to break down the players. I think it's really interesting to go back to the beginning of the year and check out the pre-ranks. Remember, we always break down how close or how far away the big box site pre-ranks turn out to be based in relation to where guys finished up. Usually we go on a per-game basis with that stuff, but I think it's worthwhile to look at both. We got a, I got a big old Excel spreadsheet. I'll plug in the numbers for this year. And it's really important to sort of codify that stuff in our brains right after the season ends so that way when we start to really hunker down for next year we already have this really nice firm base of all the data we're going to be using so don't tune out i should have said this on friday's show if you lost this last weekend hopefully you're going to continue listening to the podcast because there is stuff that will keep you ahead of the curve so the the plan here, as best I can figure, is on Friday's show, we kind of set everybody up for the weekend. We're going to still do reverse chronological lightning round, and I'll break it down by head-to-head versus Roto. But the things that you obviously should, knew, should know right as we get this thing going this week is, number one, you're listening to Fantasy NBA Today. That's a hoop ball presentation, hoop-ball.com. I am your host, Dan Bespris. You can follow me on Twitter, at Dan Bespris, D-A-N-B-E-S-B-R-I-S, or just Google search Dan from Hoopball, super easy that way. Hoopball, I, I do really want you guys to go get a fantasy pass and just try it out for the last few weeks of the regular season. And then I want you guys to get the wager pass after that and start betting with us over at mybookie.ag. Open up an account with promo code Hoopball, H-O-O-P-B-A-L-L. Make that first deposit. Let me know you did. I may have a little prize for you. Maybe a little bonus coming your way at mybookie.ag you bet you win they pay we'll deal with that more when we get to playoff time the other thing you need to know going into this week and we've talked about this ad nauseum on the podcast but we'll just sort of refresh it is that there are three teams of the five game week the dallas mavericks the oklahoma city thunder and toronto raptors the reason i bring that up here right at the outset is those players are probably all snatched up by now you're kind of plotting ahead. But if you have someone on your team from uh, who has a three-game week and isn't superstar status, so go to your board, make sure you know who has the three-game weeks. It's not that many teams, actually. Detroit has a three-game week. Golden State 
Indiana, the Clippers, uh, the Knicks. That might be it. I think that's all of them. Just a handful of teams. If you have guys on those teams, you're actually at a pretty severe disadvantage because most teams in the NBA have four, and then three teams have five. So if you have a three-gamer in there, you're getting smoked. Luckily, there aren't that many ultimate top-tier guys on the teams I listed. Kawhi, who's been out anyway, so the hell with it. If you're a Paul George team, that's troublesome. Steph Curry team, that's not great because only the three games. Detroit, who cares? Drop them all in a three-game week. Bleep that team right now. The hell else did I mention? The Knicks? Yeah, I guess Julius Randle, that's a that's a kick in the nads, but the rest of those guys are pretty much all stream-ready and head-to-head anyway. So the reason I bring that up again is if you're sitting on someone who's fringy on those teams, and we'll mention that as we go through our reverse chronological lightning round, you should pretty much punt on them. Although with the Knicks, you could wait. They play today in their three-game week. The Clippers also play today in their three-game week. Warriors, Pacers don't. Detroit does. So if you're making moves on those teams, you can actually do it after today if you happen to like the guy you have on those teams. Whether it's like a Marcus Morris or Reggie Jackson or something like that, or Detroit, maybe. Honestly, after Monday, you could probably drop Jeremy Grant. They have a five-game week next week if you can survive it. Maybe we're getting a little bit too far ahead of ourselves. Let's just start going through the boxes. We'll hit on the teams as we do it. Boston in Charlotte on Sunday morning. That was not a pretty ball game. Celtics didn't bother to show up. Luckily, Sunday morning games tend to be pretty forgetful for the teams that play them. Both of these teams have four game weeks. Uh, neither one of them plays tonight, for whatever that's worth. So uh, each of these two clubs is actually one you could look at if you're making a move tomorrow. Say one of those teams we just mentioned that has three games, one of whom plays today. You could switch to a Celtic or a Hornet and you'd be in okay shape. There aren't, sadly, that many guys that fit the bill on the Celtics side. In fact, very few. Nothing changes with that team valuation-wise from what we talked about over the weekend. I want to try to make these podcasts a little bit shorter because I know we have a lot to go through, and we're all just going to stare at it all day anyway. There was a little bit of news on the Charlotte side in that they went to a Cody Martin lineup, demoted Jalen McDaniels to a 19-minute bench roll, so that kind of takes him out of the running. If you've been rolling with Jalen McDaniels, you probably want to abandon ship. I don't know if this was a matchup thing, uh, but I'm guessing they liked the way things went with Cody Martin in the starting five. He played 31 minutes at 13, 10, and 5, a steal, two blocks, and a three-pointer on good percentages. It's not always going to be so pretty for him, but he does now move kind of onto the list of potential stream guys on a, a club that has four games starting on Tuesday. The one thing waiting in the wings that makes a guy like Cody Martin... By the way, I'm not running him out there in Roto. I don't trust him to put up this kind of number every night. Head-to-head, there's a chance because of the whole four games and six nights element to it. But if LaMelo Ball shows up at some point in the middle of the week, that destroys all of it. That just obliterates the whole thing. Like, if he plays on... I I don't know. I I doubt he plays in the back-to-back... Early in the week. Charlotte has a back-to-back Tuesday, Wednesday, and they go back-to-back Saturday, Sunday. I don't know. Does he play in one of the two here early in the week? Is it a three-game week for LaMelo Ball? I don't know. So that's why anybody streaming on really either of these two teams actually is 
not kind of my cup of tea. Phoenix at Brooklyn, that was also a day game. Torrey Craig had himself a big one, but you're not buying into that nonsense. Uh, Cameron Johnson, who started for Jay Crowder again, played 33 minutes. He's the guy you're looking at as a potential stream on either side of the coin. Phoenix is a four-game week starting tonight. Johnson tends to be relatively efficient. Doesn't have the uh, most well-rounded fantasy game, but again, does have the benefit of pretty good foul shooting. Field goal percent isn't awful considering a lot of his stuff is a three-pointer or three-point try. Since he's moved into the starting lineup or since he's been playing starters minutes, there haven't really been a lot to write home about, but the shots have gone up. That's the big picture thing here for Johnson. 12 shots, 11 shots, 10 shots since the game where Jay Crowder exited. He just hasn't made very many of them. So in a four-game week, you're looking at it and you're thinking, okay, well, what's the deal with Crowder? How long can I actually trust this dude to miss a ball game? He probably won't play tonight, just given he didn't play yesterday and it's part of a back-to-back, but he can just pop up at uh, any moment in the middle of the week, which if you're counting on Cam Johnson for the full week, it's probably not a great idea. Would I stream him in Roto? Um, it's questionable. Probably not. It's it's right on the borderline. If he was running hotter, I probably would. Because you get some threes, you get some rebounds, you get a, maybe a steal blended in there, good foul shooting. But he's running cold right now, and so that makes it a pretty tough Roto stream. Brooklyn, KD came back. Looked great. Took 21 shots at 33 points. He and Kyrie were brilliant. And a lot of weird stuff happened in this ballgame. The, the Nets decided to go very large, I think was probably the best way to put it. Kyrie was the point guard. And then you look at the minute breakdown for Sunday's game. KD, 28 minutes. Blake Griffin, 27. Jeff Green, 34. DeAndre Jordan, 21. These are all front court guys we're talking about now. And then you look at the guards. Bruce Brown, 10. Landry Shamit. 29, Joe Harris, 33. Those are the starters. Tyler Johnson, 16. So bench guards were basically non-existent in that ball game. And that was weird because as we talked about last week, I thought KD would come back and it would put a big old dent into Landry Shamit's value. And it did because Landry played 29 minutes and took only five shots. So his usage just evaporated upon KD's return. But I thought Bruce Brown would hang in there because he's more of the do-it-all you know, get into the scrums, get the steals, get fouled, do all those little things that most of these other guys aren't really known for. But in this game, for whatever reason, and I admit I didn't watch it from start to finish, in this game, he only played 10 minutes. Just wasn't particularly effective, I guess. And they went to these giant lineups with KD and Griffin and Green. Just huge. Colossal. What does it all mean? Well, I thought that we could probably ride Bruce Brown until James Harden came back. I'm not completely convinced anymore. If you are streaming his spot, I'm totally fine with you moving on. They don't play tonight. They do still have four games this week, Tuesday through Sunday, so not a bad schedule. What I would probably do, because you know I want to try to hang on to as many moves as humanly possible, is I'd probably give Bruce Brown one more game. Because looking at his game log, and this is oftentimes where you can go for this stuff, if you go to Bruce Brown's game log, the last time he played 10 minutes was like, basically not this season. Even when 
and there haven't been that many times where the big three on this team have all been together, but you can go all the way back to the beginning of the year. He played 7, 3, 3, 23, and, and he's pretty much been teens or above in every game since then. In a weird game in o- against Oklahoma City, he played five minutes. I think he got hurt in that one. He had a seven-minute game against Cleveland. And then this ball game, now there was a seven-minute game against the Knicks on March 15th. I don't know what the hell happened there either. But then this ball game was one of those weird outliers. If you That last game where he only played seven minutes on March 15th, again, that's about a month and a half ago. Since then, Bruce Brown's played 24, 24, 16, 22, 34, 23, 29, 29, 29, 30, 21, 25, 27, 23. Like, you guys get the idea. I don't have to go through every ball game there. He's pretty much been in the 20s, whether the team was healthy or not. So this game was very weird, and it came at the most inopportune moment for us to try to make a decision on whether or not this is a dude we can feel comfortable rolling with this week. I would also point out that Kevin Durant didn't play in that many of those ball games, just because he's basically been out for the bulk of the season. Um, but he was back for about two weeks before this quad thing popped up. April 7th, he made his return, played the 7th, 10th, 13th, 16th, and then got hurt on the 18th. And if you want to compare those to Bruce Brown, in those games, Brown played 25, 27, 24, 31, 21, and then 30 in the game where KD got hurt, down the following day, or the following ball game, So it didn't really seem like they were tied to one another. And so then, thinking about today, there wasn't foul trouble. It just... Other guys were playing better. I'm going to give Bruce Brown another ball game. I am. Uh, I like his schedule starting on Tuesday. And if you can make it all the way to Thursday, he plays Thursday, Friday. Those two days are not overly populated in basketball games. That's kind of there isn't really a mega overload day this week the way there was last week, even though everybody's playing. That but like it seems like they spaced it out. There's like <laughs> seven to ten games every single day this week. Uh so I, I would say stick it out just a little bit longer on that front. And this is a big deal, I believe, because for those of us that are sitting on moves. You kind of don't want to use them up. I would also point out, point out to the haters, myself included, because I think I I do fall into the hater category. Uh, Blake Griffin is actually playing in back-to-backs for Brooklyn. I don't think I even noticed that. He sat out the back-to-back on April 14th, but he actually played in their last one on the 21st. He played in the 20th and the 21st. Some of it seemingly has to do with the fact that Nick Claxton is in still in protocols. We don't know when the hell that's going to come apart. Uh, but if you're looking at Blake Griffin, you know, he's going to have to shoot the ball better. And he did yesterday, to his credit. But overall, he's going to have to have to shoot the ball better to hit that nine-cap marker. But if he's playing slightly sub-starter minutes, and he's been in like the 24 to 27 range lately, he actually might be able to do enough for value because he's going to get so many assists with this team. Something to monitor. Not really today, since Nets don't play today, but Blake's actually been decent lately. 
I don't trust Jeff Green as far as I can hurl him. With KD back, I got to think that his role also gets squeezed. DeAndre Jordan is hanging on right now, and that also seems to be somewhat tied, at least, to the Nick Claxton stuff. He had 12 more rebounds. You can use him more in roto than head-to-head as a uh, rebound specialist, but he's not hitting nine-cap mark, if that's what you're looking for in a head-to-head league. Memphis beat Portland for the second time in a row. JV back from his concussion. That's really big for them, and it uh, knocks Xavier Tillman out of the mix. DeAnthony Melton, I still like everything that he does on a basketball court. 21 minutes, that's more than enough for him. Uh, Grizzlies play a boatload of basketball games the rest of the way. They got four games this week through Saturday, four next week, five the final week should your season go that far. I would say if you have a Grizz... Because remember, yesterday they started a five and seven games. You probably hold them through Saturday. Is there anyone you're racing out to pick up on this team for their four games in six days? No, probably not. Unless Melton's floating around out there, but I doubt it. I don't think he is. Not if, not if anybody's listening to hoop ball out there, he's not. So you can probably leave this team alone for the most part. Just sort of ride them if you got them. Because there aren't that many guys that are moving up and over the roto line or below it. Kyle Anderson, slow mo is the guy that might drop below the Roto line in the games that JJJ is playing. On the Portland side, Ennis Cantor salvaged a 14-minute game with two steals and a block, but he's in real trouble right now. Nurk has officially come for his minutes. I would hold on to Cantor at least through this back-to-back Portland has coming up. In fact, starting tomorrow, the Blazers go five games in seven days that run you runs you through Monday of finals week. So the Blazers are actually kind of an interesting team If there's anyone out there that, and the problem, of course, is that they play their starters very heavy minutes, and then nobody else really gets to do all that much, but they actually make for a very good Tuesday pickup because you can run them for a full week. I think the only guy, and maybe Cantor gets dropped in some spots, but I think the only guy that falls in the maybe zone would be Mello. He's out there just chucking away on a nightly basis, and maybe you need that. It's a little bit more points league friendly than anything else. But five games in seven days, you don't have to think about it. So, yeah. Cleveland, they were hanging in there for a while and then kind of fell apart late. Washington ended up taking care of them. Um, Jared Allen, big ball game. Darius Garland, big ball game. No Colin Sexton on that side. So, Jetty Osmond slid into the starting lineup and did a bunch of stuff. But I don't trust that as far as I can throw it. Because he could very easily just disappear at a moment's notice. So, yeah, just keep doing what you were doing with that ball club. On the Wizards' side, Daniel Gafford, 27 minutes, four steals, four blocks. Wow, that's a big one. They got a four-game week, so just roll with that, roto or head-to-head. Bradley Beal, there's a question as to whether or not he will play in their back-to-back. It's unclear. And that's unfortunate because they have another back-to-back later in the week. And if you're about to lose Beal for the front end and the back end of the week, then I don't know. Hold on to your hold on to your butts. He did play in their last one though, April 16th and 17th. Beal went in both halves, and the Wizards are rolling right now. They are arguably the hottest team in the entire NBA. They haven't lost a game since April 10th, which, by the way, was a game that Beal sat out and they back to back from Golden State in Phoenix. And since then, they've won every ball game. That's one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight games in a row. So I don't know. I mean, I think he probably goes, but I really don't know. Uh, I guess there was a little bit of a calf tweak 
We'll see. We'll see. So, hold your breath. That would be that would basically be a game ender for me. I have a, <laughs> a team that has Trey Young, Zach Levine, and Bradley Beal as the top three picks on that club. And if Beal goes down, that's just the end of it. Well, I'm going to cry right here in the middle of the podcast. Well, if Beal's gone, then, uh, you know, Davis Bertans will do more, and Westbrook will do more, and Raul Neto probably does more. He becomes a very interesting stream. But we don't, I mean, we, we really just don't know. You know, for every game Beal misses, you can't really count on some. But Neto's actually been okay anyway. But yesterday started their five and seven days. So if you didn't do it then, you don't need to really do it now. Milwaukee, who cares? P.J. Tucker wasn't in there, so Bobby Portis has been doing a little bit more. Atlanta, uh, they're, they're tough, man, these days. They've been playing some great defense. They rebound well. Um, Bogdan Bogdanovich is on the heater of his lifetime. Clint Capella has been good. John Collins has been good without Trey. Gallo's come back, and he's putting up big points in limited minutes. Herter has been playing well. I got to give this team a lot of credit. They made that midseason coaching change, and everything shifted. However, one thing that didn't shift is Brandon Goodwin didn't shift into the driver's seat. He had a pretty good game on Friday off the bench, but not this one. Three points, three boards, five assists. You're going to need more than that. And so, of course, the thing is... You know, I, I picked up Goodwin thinking he would sub in for Trey Young. And Atlanta started a five-game and seven-night scenario yesterday. But this may be a spot where, and they play again tonight, if Goodwin doesn't do much in this game in Detroit, you probably move on and maybe look at a team like a Portland we just talked about. They have that five and seven that starts on Tuesday. And they're the only team that does. There are other teams that go four games the rest of the week starting on Tuesday, but only Portland follows that up by going on Monday. Every other team that goes four games starting on Tuesday is off next Monday. I want you guys to try to internalize that thought because it's weird, and and I think the first thing that pops into your head is the first thing that pops into mine, which is that can't be right, but it is. I promise you, if you're trying to game plan for what would be finals week, The Blazers are the only team that goes four games Tuesday through Sunday of this week that also plays the first day next week. That's what makes them valuable. Over on the Atlanta side, it seems like Sweet Lou might have actually been the better pickup, uh, even though it doesn't seem like his role changes all that much, whether or not Trey's in or out. And I could advocate potentially picking up Lou Williams for the first six days of this week if you needed that particular stat set, but then really it should have been yesterday. It's that same thing, like you needed the five and seven. Indiana beat Orlando by a bunch. The Magic have uh, gone into full shell mode at this point. Mo Bamba, he's a go in all formats. Chuma Okiki's a go in all formats. I would still start Wendell Carter Jr., even though his minutes are kind of getting split up with Bamba these days. Cole Anthony, he's a start in all formats. And I think that's about as far as I'd go. Magic were another team that started a uh, five and seven yesterday. Terrence Ross would be someone to watch should he come back midweek. Someone you could scoop and hope he takes a whole bunch of shots. Although he really didn't seem to care the last time we saw him on a basketball court. Over on the Indiana side, we're just kind of waiting on big men. If you have O'Shea Brissett, you probably need to drop him. I know he's been good, but the Pacers have only three games Tuesday, Thursday, Saturday this week. That 
I can't advocate rolling a pacer out in head-to-head unless they're Brogdon, basically, at this point. I think that's kind of it. Or if you do, you drop them on Sunday. Make sure you get four games out of that roster slot. Even someone like a TJ McConnell is probably droppable. For someone who's playing, I don't know, five games instead of three? What if McConnell has a game like the one you just looked at? You know, he's not, it's not a guarantee that he's going to go big every night. His role is weird. He comes off the bench. He usually puts up pretty big assist numbers, and he's a big steals guy. But like, you might have to punt at the end of the week or early in the week, depending on what you've got floating around on your team. Roto, on the other hand, well, it's, at that point, it's easy. You just use the guys that are above the cut line, which is McConnell, Brissett, Lavert, Brogdon, and I might even say Holiday here if he's starting to warm back up again. And finally, the Kings made it tight with the Warriors, although De'Aaron Fox has been ruled out for at least a week, probably more, with COVID. I don't know how that's still happening. Weren't these guys all offered? I guess they didn't all take the vaccine. I think their teammates are probably wishing they did at this point. I know, personal choice, all that stuff, but... You know. You know. Well, what did we learn? Well, Tyrese Halliburton slid into the starting lineup, and he's going to be a complete and total monster for as long as De'Aaron Fox is out. But I'm also, and by the way, Rashawn Holmes came back in this game as well, but I'm also pleased at the 27 minutes for DeLon Wright, who didn't shoot very much, and I would venture to guess he probably shoots more with every game that he gets to play this many minutes. But seven boards, uh, seven points, six boards, five assists, two steals. Usually that would come with maybe a three-pointer or maybe one or two additional shots. So you're looking at a DeLon Wright that might be pushing up towards what he was doing in Detroit a little bit below that with a strong emphasis on percentages, boards, assists, steals. I like that a lot. So I think I would go grab DeLon Wright uh, with a four-game week that starts tonight. And they just go every other day. The Kings have four games again next week. And we don't know when Darren Fox is back. So this could actually be a multi-week stream, potentially. The Warriors, uh, they they got me, man. They they tricked me here. I thought Jordan Poole was going to be the guy who went nuts. And he had a pretty good game on, uh, on Friday with Bazemore and Damian Lee both out. But Steve Kerr decided to start Michael Mulder play him 14 minutes, and then they ended up kind of going a little bit bigger with 31 minutes of Juan Toscano-Anderson off the bench, and it wasn't Poole in this one who got to take a bunch of shots. So that's kind of annoying. Regardless, the Warriors are one of the teams with a bad schedule this week, like we talked about, so anybody not named Steph or Dre is a potential cut, in head-to-head at least. I think you can probably make a case to hang on to Wiggins and Oubre, uh, Warriors go back to four-game week next week, so it's not terrible forever. But, yeah, those guys are close. I think I'll put them just over the cut line. And then Kevon Looney got another 8-8 eight and eight game. I don't know why he couldn't make any shots in this one, but that's what you're getting out of him at this point. He's much more category hunting. But you're moving on for anybody, anybody on that team who's remotely close to the fringe in a three-game weekend head-to-head. Let's turn the clock back to Saturday as we continue our 
reverse chronological adventure here. In Toronto, in New York, the Knicks blew them out, but the Knicks have a terrible schedule this week, which is a damn shame because Derrick Rose finally now looking like himself. They go Monday, Wednesday, and then they're off for three days. So I guess you could roll with a knickerbocker for the first three days this week and then shuffle along after that. Uh, but you can't possibly make a case to hold anyone besides Julius Randle, really, for those three off days. They don't play Thursday, Friday, or Saturday. Points leagues, I mean, that's a little different. R.J. Barrett's probably up and over the board. I, I still like Reggie Bullock and Roto, by the way along with Rose. All the things I'm talking about at this point are are, are really head-to-head geared because the valuation on the Roto side didn't really change. Rose is now above it. Noel, Randall, Bullock. When we're talking about the streaming stuff, we're basically talking about head-to-head. On the Raptors side, they went starters and they went starter big minutes again. Van Vliet, Ananobi, Siakam, Birch, and Lowry. All those guys played big minutes And if that's the way things are going to go, all five of those guys are a hot go in every format. I I don't know that the Raptors play all five games this week. I don't know that each one of those guys does. And anytime one of those dudes is out, that means Gary Trent gets to actually do stuff. So that's why I'm going to hold on to Gary Trent in head-to-head because I do think he probably starts two games this week, and I got to think he plays more than 19 minutes in some of the others. And this is a excruciatingly high number of minutes played for the starters in that game, and it didn't work. Philly is another weird one right now because Ben Simmons has been sick forever. It's non-COVID, apparently. They go every other day this week. I'm too afraid to stream anyone on that team in head-to-head because I'm worried starters will start coming back. Roto, if Embiid sits it out, you can probably stream Dwight Howard. Just hope he doesn't get to the free throw line all that often. If Simmons continues to miss games, Matisse Thibault is going to get you a whole boatload of, a, of steals. But that's all Roto. You, you can't trust it in a whole week in head-to-head because someone's going to come back, I think. Detroit, they're a weird one. So head-to-head, just get the hell out of Detroit. Just don't even, don't even bother. Three-game week that will lead into a five-game week. If you really wanted to get a piston... You could do it on Thursday. They play Thursday, Saturday, and then the five-game week next week. Got to get in a jump on things. But I hate it because there's so few guys on this team that are actually playing both halves of the back-to-back. Isaiah Stewart, Sadiq Bey. Those are basically the only guys you're even thinking about on both halves of the back-to-back. Josh Jackson probably plays them, but his game is so terrible for category leagues that, fine, points leagues, you you can get him rolling... uh, much of the time. But again, in a three-game week, that's not good enough. So everything with Detroit right now is is Roto-based. Because they have all this time off, you can probably keep rolling the veterans out this week, the Plumleys, the Corey Joseph, that type of stuff, in your Roto format. Next week is when things are going to get real weird, but they're still going to be pretty Roto-heavy. The only difference is next week, you can make a case in head-to-head to start a guy like a Bay or an Isaiah Stewart on the head-to-head side. That makes sense. We already talked about Indiana. That game on Saturday is the reason that it's going to be hard to drop a guy like a TJ McConnell. Spurs beat the Pelicans on Saturday. Uh, Spurs had their traditional lineup back, so start the starters basically minus Keldon Johnson 
who was fine, even a little better in points formats. New Orleans is a mess. They've fallen apart at the seams. Steven Adams, uh, I think he hurt, a, hurt his hand in this one. I, I forget exactly. He left the previous game with a sore foot, but he played, and then he hurt his hand. Don't dive into that one. You're going to end up getting yourself an irritated. Lonzo Ball, Brandon Ingram, Zion, those are the guys you can start on this team in Roto or head-to-head. The schedule's not bad. They go four in six days to start the week. So if you happen to have someone like a Steven Adams or an Eric Bledsoe or whatever, you can probably, or even a Najee Marshall who's playing some pretty good minutes right now, but apparently forgot how to shoot a free throw, you could probably just keep them for the first six days of the week. But you certainly aren't targeting them. You're going to use a move to get over to a Pelican. Don't do that. Chicago, they got a rematch with Miami coming up tonight, actually. Kobe White's been awesome. Nico, uh, Nikola Vucevic has been great. And that's about the nicest things you can say about this team right now. Bulls are uh, coming off a pretty good stretch of scheduling, actually. They had a 5-7 and seven that stretched into last week. They go uh, four games the first six days this week. But the problem is that their streamable guys haven't really made a a good case for themselves. Daniel Tice, Thad Young, Garrett Temple, Patrick Williams, Larry Markinen, Denzel Valentine. None of these guys has jumped off the page, really. Every once in a while, one of them will have an okay game, but then it sort of balances out with a bunch of crappy ones. So I don't think I'm dealing with the Bulls. I think you just go White and Vooch, head-to-head, and Roto. Just leave it. The Heat. The Heat is on. A not great schedule. They got four games this week, but it's kind of backloaded. They go Monday, Wednesday, and then they're on over the weekend. So the Heat would be a team that maybe you could snap up if you have somebody that ends a terrible or a good scheduling stretch after Friday and go Heat over the weekend because they'll probably have someone. He'd always have somebody you can stream on the team, whether it's a Kendrick Nunn, who apparently is questionable with an elbow injury, or a D-Rob, or a Trevor Ariza, who was bad in this game, but actually has generally been okay. Duncan Robinson, to me, I think has actually been ever so slightly above streamer level. Same with Kendrick Nunn. So if you got those guys in a four-game week, you'd probably just stick with them. That's also okay. Because whatever move you make, you're probably not adding two games. Nobody goes four times today through Friday. The teams that go three times today through Thursday, but that only adds one game to your docket, and then you're making a move to balance out. That's the thing. Over a seven-game span, generally the move you make, you want it to add at least one game and hopefully two, which is why we talk about if you were streaming a Warrior or something like that, you could pick up a guy who has five games this week, and you're adding two games. Same with the Pistons, all those other three-game teams. Lakers trying to figure out how to work Anthony Davis back in, and the rust has been evident, but he'll be fine. Just keep trotting him out there. Meantime, Dennis Schroeder, he's rolling. Andre Drummond finding a role for himself, although I don't, I'm, again, I'm not convinced that he's going to be a top 100 guy. Kuz is going to start to slip if it hasn't happened already. Ben McLemore had a really big ball game, but I don't think we can expect that to continue. Lakers are a fantasy graveyard outside of AD and Schroeder and maybe Drummond these days. Marcus Gasol got some playing time. Markeith Morris went back to the bench. It's a whole thing. It's a thing. 
Dallas with their five-game week, a lot of guys are in play. Luka Doncic hurt his elbow in this game against the Lakers. Maxi Kleba has a sore back, but he did play through it on Saturday. So you got to think that he's a very interesting guy for this week. I thought he'd be out in that game on Saturday. Dwight Powell had a huge one with no Kristaps Porzingis. So we don't know what his deal is either. Jalen Brunson, he didn't have a good one, but he'll be better. Tim Hardaway Jr., he also shot the ball terribly, but he'll be better. So look for almost any of these guys. I mean, Dallas is loaded up with fringeable fantasy players that have no business on a roto team, but have all kinds of business in a five-game week. Sadly, as I pour through some of the numbers on my own team here, it looks like the only one of those guys I talked about that's available is Maxi Kleba. So, feh, doesn't really fit my build anyway. Moving along, the Minnesota Timberwolves beat the Jazz again. They've beaten them twice this year. Apparently, that's a really bad matchup for Utah. Go figure. Rudy Gobert just getting taken out to the woodshed by Carl Anthony Towns. D'Angelo Russell is starting to really look like himself. He played 31 minutes here. Ricky Rubio has not surprisingly been marginalized a bit. The Wolves, four games today through Saturday. The Jazz, also four games today through Saturday. So if you're looking for almost week-long stuff, look no further. Or really do look further, because neither one of these teams has guys that are on the fringe that move above it in a 4-6 and six scenario. The guys they've got just keep on trucking. Anthony Edwards, D'Angelo Russell, Carl Anthony Towns, Ricky Rubio was hanging on, but he might be cooked. And then on the Utah side, Conley, Boyan, Gobert, Clarkson, Ingles, who was bad in this game, but he's been better. And then Royce O'Neal, who's your more of a roto favorite, certainly, not head-to-head guy. Houston at Denver, uh, P.J. Dozier. He's been great since everybody else got hurt. Facundo Campazzo has also been pretty good lately. And they've needed guys to step up because the team is is hanging on by a thread these days. No uh, Jamal Murray for a year. No Monte Morris for probably another week or two. Will Barton hurt his hamstring, so he's probably out for a week or two. There's a lot to like, actually, in Denver right now with a bunch of guys out. As far as the team goes, there isn't that much to like because they've lost a lot of their identity here. They had to sign Austin Rivers, for goodness sake. But I I could make a very strong argument. And Denver started a really good scheduling stretch on Friday of last week. So we're now catching them right in the mid-pocket of a five-game and seven-day stretch. Denver, pretty good to use today through Thursday. And then you probably want to move on because they only go three games over the following week. So they got three games in four days, and then they got three games in seven days. So you kind of want to be done with them on Friday. And that's where you look for, who the hell are we talking about? Somebody had a good thing that started on Friday, and I forgot who they were. Help me. Uh, Atlanta had, well, help me again. Atlanta had five games in seven days starting on Friday. Memphis has five games in seven days starting on Friday. And Washington. There you go. Switch them over to one of those three teams. Roll Denver through Thursday and flip it on over to somebody else after that. Houston, despite despite playing that game without John Wall, because he was a back-to-back, so that was injury maintenance stuff, 
Uh, Houston went only seven players deep in their loss in Denver. Jay Sean Tate turned his ankle, left partway through. Uh, he's questionable for their next one. Big-time steals guy. He's been really fun to watch. Kelly Olynyk has been a monster. But I, we really need to pay attention to what's going on in Houston right now because things have pivoted in a super weird way for this team. Sadly, they don't play tonight, so we don't have anything we can do with them yet. And then they go for the rest of the week, but it's Tuesday, Thursday, and then they're good over the weekend. So anything that you're hoping to get out of the Rockets could very well change by Saturday, Sunday. So I don't think that I would advocate picking up a bunch of Rockets tomorrow, especially because, I mean, let's say Jay Sean Tate misses two games but then comes back for the weekend back-to-back. Someone you picked up that moved into this big extra minute situation, whether it's K.J. Martin or Armani Brooks or Anthony Lamb, or DJ Wilson. These guys could just disappear. It's a shame, too, because they put up some big fantasy lines in that ball game. Woo! KJ Martin feels the safest of the bunch, even if he's not the guy who sticks in the starting lineup, because at least we kind of know what he does. There's no Christian Wood in that ball game either, and he's very questionable. Very questionable. He turned his ankle again. And, I mean, there's really no reason to push him through any of that stuff. I don't know if Christian Wood plays this week. I mean, he had a ripped-up ankle earlier this season. He's been playing pretty well, and he's been going in their back-to-backs. So they were kind of turning him loose a little bit here. But I wouldn't be surprised if he missed at least a game this week. Maybe more. Because, I mean, there's no reason for them. They're in, they're in a tankathon right now. They were losing with him playing, uh, and they'll lose without him. That's why you got to see all these other forwards slot in, because Kelly Olynyk slid up to play center. My God, what an end of the season he's having. Holy smokes. Kelly Olynyk is your very safe play. John Wall is going to take 85 shots in the three games he probably plays this week. And then you try to piece some guys around it. But again... I'm afraid to pick up a rocket knowing that maybe Tate does play or even if he sits it out and Wood sits one out, then they're back by the next one and all these guys you picked up, you have to get rid of them. I need to be able to stream guys longer. On the Roto side, however, you're probably making moves for the following day in Roto Leagues. That tends to be the way that works. You can pick up half of the team and then just not start them if guys do play. But like, it seems like if Christian Wood is going to miss another ball game, let's assume he does. I don't know. Maybe he doesn't. Then uh, DJ Wilson was the beneficiary there. And uh, with the rest of the Rockets' wings out, Sterling Brown and Daniel House and all these other guys that are just sort of... And Eric Gordon, all these guys that have just been MIA forever. Uh, Armani Brooks has been playing some medium-sized minutes since then. And... Uh, K.J. Martin is really more of uh, kind of a, uh, a defensive specialist. More of a blocks guy. He did get some steals in the last one, but that hasn't kind of been his M.O. And he really doesn't take many shots. So I don't know that that's the guy you want to be streaming uh, unless you're block hunting in Roto. But uh, the Rockets are that team right now that's got all sorts of weird stuff going on and no one's really paying attention to it because they're so terrible. But, like, Armani Brooks played 43 minutes in that ballgame, and he's played 35, 30, and 43 in his last three games. It's, uh, it's a thing, man. 
<laughs> DJ Wilson had played a total of 30 minutes in the three games prior to that game in Denver where he played 40. So if you're going to do this thing in Roto, you're not doing it head-to-head. It's too terrifying. If you're going to do this thing in Roto, you know what you're getting yourself into, which is nobody really knows what you're getting yourself into. And finally, we uh, spin the dial back to Friday because, as I recall, on Friday's show, I said something like, a couple teams here that aren't going to play over the weekend. Let me make a mental note of who they are. And I've obviously since forgotten about them. The Clippers were one. And the Clippers are Paul George and Ivica Zubots and Reggie Jackson in Roto. Maybe Nick Batum. I think you could maybe throw Nick Batum in there as long as Kawhi Leonard is out. And Rajon Rondo's been out, so that's been really good for Jackson. On the stream, on the head-to-head side, it's Paul George. I don't even think you can keep Ivica Zubots as good as he's been. They go Monday, Wednesday, and then you have to move on. Because they got one game the rest of the week after that. Only three next week also. And it's not even front-loaded next week, where it is a little bit this week at least. After they play in Phoenix on Wednesday, the Clippers have a total of three games over 10 days. Horrendous. So if you've got any Clippers, hang on them for three days and then abandon ship. (laughs) Get out. Get out while you can. On the roto again, on the roto side, it's it's different. This is head to head. The roto side, guys that are above the cut line versus guys below. That's how you're making your judgment calls there. And as long as these guys are all out, if Kawhi's still out and Serge is out, uh, and I don't again, I don't know about Batum when Marcus Morris comes back because he's kind of playing. He's not playing in back to backs these days either. So it's probably Paul George and Reggie Jackson. Uh, uh, Paul George and Evita Zubats in roto. There you go. Stamp it. Done. We're moving on. We're going to our last team that didn't play over the weekend, and it was the Thunder. And the Thunder have a five-game week, so saved an interesting one to last. Lou Dort already ruled out for the front end of their upcoming back-to-back, which means Svi Mikhailiuk will actually probably have a big ball game. Would you pick him up? Hell no. I don't want anything to do with that nonsense. The games that Dort sits out... He does tend to get in there and just jack three-pointers like they're going out of style. But the rest of his game is severely lacking, and he's probably going to play about 20 minutes in the games where the other guys are actually going. To me, that's not enough. A five-game week out of Svi with two back-to-backs blended in there is, I don't know, probably about 10 three-pointers probably two to three steals and about 50 points. Uh, I don't know, guys. I don't know. I would rather have almost any of those other dudes. Darius Baisley, he's playing in the back-to-backs. He's going to have a a jumbo week, provided he doesn't destroy your percentages. Isaiah Roby seems to be healthy enough to go. He'll have a pretty good week. Kenrich Williams is an interesting one. He's quietly been kind of useful, not great, not by any not by any metric has he been great. But over the last couple of weeks, he's playing about 26, 27 minutes of ball game, scoring about a dozen points, five boards, two assists, a little over a steal, one and a half, three pointers. Doesn't crush you in any one particular spot. So he's been okay. And you put that into a five-game week, and you're actually starting to cook with a little something. 
So I do think Kenrich Williams is the forgotten man on this club, and he'll get his 25 minutes, maybe more, because they'll sit some guys here and there. Moses Brown is out. He's not even playing right now. Neither is Tony Bradley. They've gone to an Isaiah Roby center. Baisley power forward, Dort, or uh, Pokashevsky small forward, Dort at shooting guard, and, and Maladone at point guard. Uh, Baisley, Maladone, Roby, Poku, Kenny Hustle. Those guys are all useful in a five-game week. As Roto goes, this team is almost exactly the opposite side. I think you go Dort when he plays in Roto, and that's probably it. Maybe Baisley. Maybe. Because right now his volume is so obscenely high that he's kind of overwhelming the bad stuff. Kind of. (laughs) Not all the way. Kind of. And and that's basically it. I mean, I, I know we're going to still do this very brief look-ahead to a big Monday card, but the look-ahead really isn't about tonight. It's about the whole week coming up. So here's the very fast lightning round edition of what you're watching for tonight as you make your decision about what players you should potentially be moving on from going into the rest of the week. Atlanta-Detroit, you're watching Brandon Goodwin in the point guard situation. Does he get any more or... Have they moved away from that look? And I guess we want an update on Trey Young. I think he's, uh, I believe he's officially out for this ballgame, but he's a pretty quick healer. I mean, there's a crazy universe where he just pops up midweek on us here. Detroit, not much. This game is is not part of a back-to-back, so I would assume the veterans are in, which makes them a very difficult head-to-head team to deal with, but uh, a bit more predictable on the Roto side. If you you get word that Plumlee, Kojo, those guys are starting, then you start them. Spurs, nothing. Wizards, uh, Bradley Beal's health, that's a thing. They're playing so well right now, you know he's going to try to get him out his, himself out there. Uh, if you need it, a reason for why, look at the Eastern Conference standings. The Wizards are currently the 10 seed. They're now two games up on the Bulls thanks to this eight-game winning streak. They're only two games back of the Pacers, who've been fortunate to play some really bad teams and only three back of the Hornets. The Wizards are three games back of getting into the upper part of the play-in tournament. And the Hornets, they've won a couple games in a row now, but remember, they're still missing LaMelo and Gordon Hayward. It's not all roses for those teams. They're not catching the heat. Wizards aren't catching the heat. That's out of reach. Those teams are trying to fight their way out of the play-in spot. But the Wizards have every reason to go full bore. So we'll see. We'll see. Lakers, Orlando, I think the only thing you're really monitoring is Anthony Davis's minutes on the Lakers side, and can anyone besides Dennis Schroeder and maybe Andre Drummond do stuff? Probably not. Orlando, Terrence Ross, could he come back and be a thing? I think we have a pretty good feel for the other guys that are useful on that team right now. Thunder, we just talked about. Philly, who's playing? Who's playing? We never know until 20 minutes before game time. Cleveland, Colin Sexton's health. Toronto, is anybody resting? This would be one you could do it. They could probably beat the Cavs without Kyle Lowry for a night. It almost seemed like they were better without their starters. I don't think that's true. Magic of small sample size, but they sure did play better defense. Phoenix, mm, not much. I mean, I'm, I'm too afraid of Jay Crowder resurfacing to stream anyone in his stead. New York, bad schedule. 
So Roto only on that side. Chicago, same kind of thing. Their fringe guys have been sub-fringe lately. Miami, their fringe guys have been above fringe lately. Whatever the hell that's worth. What if Victor Oladipo just magically reappeared at some point? They're injured guys that we've all cast aside because you have to in the playoffs. Look at the free agent list in your league in your playoffs, and look how many, like, top 70 guys there are on the wire because they're just out indefinitely and nobody knows what the hell to do with them. The answer is you got to leave them there until you get any news on it. You certainly can't stash a guy right now. What if somebody just reappeared out of the blue? (laughs) Darndest thing, man. Terrence Ross would be one of them. He has the potential to be super useful on that team. Looking at some of these other guys, Eric Gordon on that Houston team, we haven't heard hide. I mean, he's probably not playing the rest of this year, but what if he suddenly reappeared? What if Malik Beasley reappeared? Or Victor Oladipo? Or DeAndre Hunter? Yeah, you wouldn't trust that guy to play more than 15 minutes anyway. I'm just saying, you don't forget about the high-ranked guys who are hurt right now. Don't forget about it. Where, where the hell did we leave off? Uh, Miami, yeah. Utah, nothing. Minnesota, nothing. Clippers, nothing really. I mean, it's health stuff there. Pelicans, crap. Grizzlies. Memphis has a great schedule the rest of the way. That's for damn sure. That's about the only good thing we can say. Because uh, they're just going to play everybody fringe-level minutes, as per usual. Denver, you got some nice streamers talking about that. I don't think anybody slots in or slots out. Seems like they're pretty set in their ways right now. And then Dallas and Sacramento, last game on the card tonight. Kings, uh, we got a pretty good look at them on Sunday night. And Fox didn't come back anytime soon. And on the Dallas side, what if Luka sits it out? What if a five-game week starts with a Luka-less game in Sacramento? They want to get into that that uh, or escape the play-in spot. They're only a half game back of the Trailblazers, so I got to think Luka plays... And this is a Kings team that actually beat him in Dallas last week. But what if he sat it out? Can you imagine all these folks like picked up Tim Hardaway and Jalen Brunson for their fringe level five game week, and then they get a Luca list game? <laughs> well, that'd be a fat bonus for those guys, huh? All right, there you go. Let's wrap it up at this point. I said I wasn't going to go long, and here we are, 50-some-odd minutes deep into this thing. Recruiting time continues here at Hoopball. Please do hit me up on Twitter at Dan Bespris, D-A-N-B-E-S-B-R-I-S, or email teamhoopball at hoop-ball.com. Hey, if you're running deep into your fantasy playoffs every year, maybe this is for you. You got to be ready to bust your butt, but it is super fun. DFS full season contributors, we are looking for you. Again, join the Fantasy Pass for $4.99. Let us cart you to the end of your regular season with all your individual team start-sit decisions in the Discord chat. I said it a thousand times on this podcast. If you're a premium sub and you're not in our Discord, I'm going to hunt you down and I'm going to ram you into the Discord. You need to get in there. You're not using your services properly if you're not getting your access to the hoop ball analysts all the time. Anyway, go do that. 499 at hoop-ball.com. This is Fantasy NBA Today. I'm at Dan Bespris. I am actually just Dan Bespris, too. My name, I exist without an at symbol in front of my face. On a daily basis, I do. You don't have to believe me. I know it's true. Good luck, everybody. Let's get the week going. We'll talk to you Tuesday morning. So long.
This has been a Hoop Ball presentation.